0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Oversated NBA Show. We are doing it big today. We are going to talk about the red-hot New York Knickerbockers, who have been unbelievable since the Josh Hart trade. We're also going to touch on the Lakers and LaBella Ball. And we will finish up with, I mean, Dame Lillard's been on some kind of heater. I think he's making a strong push for one of the first-team All-NBA guards. I mean, if you didn't stay up to watch him drop 71 points on probably one of the most efficient shooting, 71 points we've probably ever seen in NBA history. I'm sure Mikey has some thoughts about that. I apologize. There will be no um, opening of the can today. I am a little bit under the weather. As you can tell, I got uh, you know whatever my kids had, a uh, bad cough, the sniffles, which I'm going to try to mute myself as much as possible when I'm not talking so Brett and Mikey can edit this as easy as possible. But without further ado, Brett, Mikey, how we doing, man? Doing great man,
1: it's great great to be talking with you guys. Yeah, it's been a cool uh you know last weekend and week really in the NBA. It feels like uh, a lot of dope shit has gone down, and not the least of which was Damian Lillard scoring 71. I know we'll get to that later, but um but yeah, man, them them Knicks. I'm ready to talk a little bit of Knicks. Like it's it's cool to see. So we'll get into that for sure. And other than that, I'm just chilling, man, just having a Guinness this week. I I, I switched it up a little bit. I noticed sometimes when I drink the Coors lights, like they're so crispy and so carbonated that I catch myself burping and I got to like mute myself and say, excuse me and edit all this shit out. Cause it makes me burp. And same with the seltzers, but Guinness is like flat, but I which is it. weird though, because when you, so, when you crack it. a Guinness, when I crack this Guinness, it like exploded. So like, I, it's like, they're like under pressure, but they're not carbonated. I don't, I mean, they're carbonated, but not as much as a Coors. Like it, it tastes flat, but be careful when you're when you're opening one out of the can. It's probably their way of saying, hey, pour that thing into a glass. That's how it's meant to be enjoyed. But anyway, I'm enjoying it
0: regardless. So I, I fucking know. love it. That is the most Brett Usher monologue I've ever heard in my life, and I love every second of it. But hey, man, you touched on it, dude. The New York Knicks, we haven't talked about them on this podcast. Obviously, we touched on them with Jalen Bron- uh, Brunson signing. But, I mean, usually when we do talk about them, unfortunately, it's kind of in the negative light. I know a couple years ago, you and I, we won't mention the the other host that was on this podcast at the time, but he was really down on Julius Randle, and you and I were very, very high in him. I thought his all-NBA team was very well-deserving. And then last season, he did not have a very good year. So what did the Knicks do? They went up and got uh, what I thought was the best free agent available, Jalen Brunson. I think Dallas could really, 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 really use him right now instead of making that big trade. For Kyrie, but that's neither here nor there. We're not going to sit here and talk about Dallas. We're going to talk about the New York Knicks, Brett. They have won six straight. I don't know if anybody watched that game last night. We're recording this on a Tuesday. Mitchell Robinson had a phenomenal block on Jason Tatum. Mitchell Robinson's back in the lineup now. And the New York Knicks, I think from start to finish, kicked the shit out of the Celtics. Now, I know you know Boston, they're fine. They're two in the East right now. They might go up to one if Milwaukee loses tonight. But they've been on fire. The New York Knicks have. That's a great great win for them. Brett, give me your thoughts, man. I mean, they are just if you really think about it, they're two and a half game games back of the 4 seed right now. Just two oh, and good. a half.
1: They're good. They they're legit. Yeah, they uh they led that Celtics game pretty much wire to wire. Um that Mitchell Robinson block was certainly shades of Bam Adebayo in the bubble where you like you think he might break Tatum's wrist. Um and credit to Tatum, I mean, he's he's going hard up for that dunk, but but Mitch was like, nah, and I, I don't know how many games he's been back for at this point. I think it's maybe only three or four, but you, you can see the difference that that it makes having him there. I mean, he's obviously one of the greatest rim deterrents in the NBA. Um, and the thing is, like, they were, they were already playing really well before he came back. So you take that momentum and then you throw in your elite rim protector and uh, put him on top of that. And it's like, now they really are are rolling you know and of course the josh hart addition um mitchell robinson's been back for three games thank you mikey so and they've been playing well for a long time so th- that's only going to continue i think he's just such an important part um of what they do he makes them so much better defensively and also offensively i think so that was huge so yeah it's like a kind of like a convergence of things when you look at the josh hart uh acquisition and then also the return of Mitchell Robinson, and and all of a sudden they look like, you know, for sure a, a top five team in the East, which is what the standings reflect now that they jumped uh, Brooklyn, depleted Brooklyn. So they're,
0: they're good, man. And I, I, I want to just shine a spotlight on a couple other guys that I know, Brett, you and I have talked about in the past. Like I absolutely love Emmanuel quickly for this team. I, I mean, he has been absolutely phenomenal off the bench. I know that. Sorry, that's bunker. What are you doing, buddy? Jeez, everyone in this house is sick. Sorry, guys. He's been absolutely phenomenal for this team all season long. I mean, he's averaging just just shy under 13 points a game off the bench. His defense has been phenomenal. I know that when I heard the rumor in December that the New York Knicks were looking to trade him and Milwaukee was interested, I thought that would have been a home run. I love that dude. And I know that R.J. Barrett gets a lot of flack. And I understand why. I don't think that R.J. Barrett has probably taken the leap that everyone thought he was going to take after signing the max contract that he signed in the offseason, which, you know, led them to not getting Donovan Mitchell. But I mean, dude, he's still averaging 20 points a game. He's, I mean, his three point shooting is 33%, but I mean, dude, he's been, he's been fine. Like I really, really like their team. And one of the things that I really, really like about their team is they have a lot of pieces to maybe go get another star. I don't know who's going to be available on the market. Who knows what's going to happen? Obviously they had a chance to get Donovan Mitchell. They didn't. I, I can't remember, Brett, if we said it on a podcast or as if, if you and I were talking just one on one, but I thought the Knicks were going to have to give up too much to get Donovan Mitchell. I think Donovan Mitchell was perfect in Cleveland. I know he would have been solid in New York, but I think New York probably would have had to give up a lot more pieces and they weren't ready yet, right? I think it's clear that Cleveland was more ready for that trade. So I can't, it wasn't really too hard on New York for not doing that trade, but I just love their team, man. I love your boy, Obi Toppin. And they're just they're just a fun team and yeah I, I think Mikey was saying it before we even started recording that Josh Hartman Villanova Wildcat he was just born to be a New York Nick
1: yeah he's been great man he's just uh infused them with like the energy that he brings uh to the court he, he's been they have not lost with him they might not the rate they're going they they look great and like you know him and Brunson obviously go back to Villanova they're boys we all saw Brunson's reaction to when they got Hart so That's just that's always good, man. Like, hey, they just need to
0: get Mikael Bridges, and we got dude three, three, three of the five guys back together, baby.
1: Go trade RJ Barrett and whatever else, and and bring him in. Like, and I do think like if they if they do look to reshape the team a little bit this summer, upgrade. Like RJ is the odd man out. You know, he a lot of this like not to hate on RJ or pile on because he's caught a lot of hate this year because you know he's been really inconsistent. Um, But he just doesn't feel like a necessary piece with this team right now, like it feels like they could be doing exactly what they're doing without him. Like, cause they have had some great games as a team in games where he has not played well. I just, you know, but Hey man, say what you will about RJ Barrett, but if he's your sixth or seventh best player, like you're in pretty fucking good shape as a team. And I think that's where the Knicks are at right now, you know, depending on how you, how you value um, (laughs) different characteristics of players. But like, you know, I think uh, guys like, like Hart and Quentin Grimes have been huge for this team. Like they, uh they're they're 29 and 18 since quentin grimes became a starter like i don't know that he's gotten enough credit there's a lot of factors that go into this but you know i think to begin the season he was just on a minutes restriction like he was coming off an injury and um he was barely playing and you know they had fournier was starting and then it was cam reddish and then uh and then quentin grimes took over and since then like they've been one of the better teams in the league they've got like a 62 percent uh winning percentage ever since then um And I think a top five defense. So he's a big part. Like, he just fits better. Like, I don't know that he's a more talented basketball player or whatever than R.J. Barrett. And same with Hart. I don't know if either of those guys are necessarily. But I just think I like how they fit with the main pieces a little bit better just because they don't need the ball all the time, you know, to be effective. Like, they're they're great role players, really. R.J. wants to be more of a star type of player. He wants the ball in his hands. And I think that's... That's valuable in situations. He certainly provided valuable value at times with that. But I think with Randall and Brunson, you've kind of got enough in terms of creation and um, and and those two guys have both been awesome. And and above all else, I think they're probably the ones that that deserve the most credit. Randall was an all star. Brunson probably should have been an all star. He certainly would have been if they would expand the rosters. Randall bounced back but, really
0: tough, man. He bounced back been great. in a great way.
1: Yeah, he's been great. He's he's far exceeded my expectations. Brunson's been even better than I could have thought. Like, I think Brunson's leadership is is a big factor in this. Like that dude is a natural leader. You know, you yeah. could go back to the Villanova days. Uh, now in Dallas, he he brought those qualities, but he wasn't close to the best player on the team. Most people wouldn't be when you have Luca, but now you have your best leader as your. You know arguably your best player. I don't know between him and Randall, it's you can't like say one is better than the other, they've both been great, but um, but he's got a more he's more he's more prominent in terms of his standing on the team now, in terms of the hierarchy, and um, and so his leadership is shining through, I think, a lot. And and that's probably something most people didn't um factor in enough when, when we were talking about that move. And then just to get back to the Donovan Mitchell thing, like for what they okay, Mitchell's a better player than Brunson, right? But, like, when you think about what they would have had to give up to get Mitchell uh, and what they had to pay Brunson, which is looking like a really good contract, like, Brunson's a much better value, and I don't know that he's that much less of a player than Mitchell, honestly, like, even in a vacuum, where it's like maybe he's a tier below him, but he's probably a better fit. Uh, He's more of, like, a Thibodeau type of guy, which is another thing. They've got all the right, the right pieces on that team for Tibbs so it's just like it's all just kind of gradually come together over the year with the with Grimes coming into the starting lineup with the Hart addition with getting Mitchell Robinson back you know uh with just the chemistry building between these guys like with, with the new pieces and stuff figuring out the rotations and it's like they're hitting their stride right now obviously and if they can carry this into the playoffs like they're not a team you want to see I don't think.
0: No, they aren't. And I was just going to say that. And Just to give you an idea on how hot the, the Knicks are right now, per the New York Knicks PR, the Knicks closed out February with a record of 9 and 2. This is the team's best winning percentage of the month, for the month since the 1989-1990 season, tied for the second best record in franchise history for February, trailing oh. only the 1982-83 season when they went 10 and 2. So you got to go all the way back to 1989-90. When Stu Jackson was the head coach and Patrick Ewing was 27 years old, to wow. find like a, as good of a month as the Knicks have, I, they've just been phenomenal. And to your point, I, th- I think it's really the intangibles that Jalen Brunson brings them. I mean, you wouldn't think. I mean, I, is he even six foot, five eleven, maybe? And he's he gets to. Paint, painted area better than anybody, or I mean just as good as anybody. Sorry, guys, that's the Night Cool talking. had to take some Night Cool to keep get, get this cough <laughs> going. This is my Jordan Flu game. But he can get into the restricted area better than as good as anybody can. And he's so efficient. And it doesn't matter if you're Giannis or if you're whomever, Jason Tatum, like he's gonna make that shot over you. He is a tough shot maker and he's just been phenomenal. And to your point about Julius Randall, if you and I were doing this podcast you know, at the beginning of the season and, you know, we were doing and we just made it a New York Nick podcast. I would have probably said that I would expect Julius Randall to be traded at the trade deadline or by the trade deadline, if anything, you know, I mean, a year ago, I think the Knicks were, you know, one in 10 in February or one in one in nine in February. So, I mean, it just goes to show you that if you stick with it and, you know, you bring in good, solid players, it makes a difference. It definitely makes a difference. And like I said, they're the contracts that they have lined up, you know, maybe they can get that third star to go with Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. Like they're they're in a they're in a great spot. Like would you say, I mean, Brooklyn's in a in a in a little bit of a different spot. Bunker, snock it off. But I mean, who do you think is in, in New York, who do you think is in a better spot right now going forward? The Knicks or the Brooklyn Nets?
1: Uh, that's. I mean, that's really Actually, hard you know, to compare. Let,
0: let, let, let's 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 widen that real quick. Outside of the four teams, right? So outside of Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Cleveland.
1: I'm telling you these Guinnesses, bro.
0: I love it. Ex- I love it. It's exploding. Are are the Knicks that next team? Like, I mean, are they are they better set up for the future than just about anybody else in the East? I mean, maybe you could throw Orlando in there, but I mean, I think the Knicks are right there, man. I don't think enough people are talking about what they've done this season.
1: Yeah. I mean, I honestly, they feel like kind of a win now team to me. Like I'm not even thinking about them. Like I, like you were saying earlier, like I could see them this summer, maybe making like a Barrett trade or something just to upgrade. Like say they make the playoffs and lose in the first round or or the semis or something. And then they're like, okay, we need a little bit more. And and they look to make a trade. I could definitely see that happening, but like, I, I don't feel like they're that far off. Like, I think they I think the tiers in the east right now go Celtics Bucks are the top tier and then I think it's Sixers Cavs Knicks are the second tier and I know that's pretty much the standings but like just in terms of like power rankings where they're at now like I really feel like they're right there with like Philly and Cleveland I think they're above Atlanta Miami everyone else and they I wouldn't have said that you know, probably even like a month ago, you know what I mean? I would have had them more in that Atlanta, Miami group. And I think they've jumped to the next one. Um, and yeah, Brooklyn, like they they haven't been as good defensively as I thought they'd be with this new team. That's for sure. Um, I don't know. They, I don't know that they have enough juice enough firepower uh, to hang with some of these teams. So like, but, but they're in a great position long-term when you look at all the assets uh, that they've got in some of their young players. So it's hard for me to compare their outlook, but like, I think the Knicks are like a a legit team. Like, I don't know, maybe like a top, top five, top four or five in the East, maybe better than that. And then, you know, probably top 10 in the league. I, I would say like they're there's no, it's not fluky. There's nothing fluky or fake about this. Like this is, this is who they are. Uh, they, they, they've, they're they're holding leads. They were blowing leads earlier in the season. They're playing great defense, uh, and it's like, you know, you give Tibbs the right group of guys, Tibbs type of guys and, that are all actually really good at basketball and, and can play offense. Like, and th- that's kind of what they've assembled, you know. And it's it's clicking, and, and it Tibbs crazy. deserves credit too. Like, he I think he's adapted his his coaching style a little bit. I think he's been open minded with his. Rotations. Like he's been closing uh with quickly and heart at the two and three.
0: I which, love quickly so much, man. I love you know, that they, dude so freaking much. He,
1: he's an he's an elite defensive player. He's been elite on that end all year. And, and we all know, you know, he's got he can shoot the ball too. But like that that closing lineup of Brunson, Quickly, um, Hart, Randall, Mitchell Robinson now is strong. So they start Grimes and Barrett, but they close with quickly in heart. And I think that's an example of Tibbs just doing the right thing in terms of his rotation. And that has not always been the case. So that's, that's been, that's been part of it too. That's how they closed against Boston.
0: And 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 what's also dope too, man is, I mean, like we could be looking at, you know, with all the Donovan Mitchell connection to New York and all that other stuff, like we could be looking at a, a first round series of, of five, four matchup, New York versus Cleveland. And you know, I, I just think the Knicks just keep doing what you're doing. Keep building this team. And who knows, man? I mean, it's not like a foregone conclusion that Donovan Mitchell is going to re-sign with Cleveland. You know what I mean? Like, that, that mm-hmm. who knows what could happen? Maybe he ends up going there anyways, and you don't got to give anybody up. Or maybe you have to trade something and uh, create the cap space. But the Knicks, I am with I echo everything you just said, Brett. I mean, they are in a phenomenal spot right now. Credit I'll say this.
1: I, I think they're better than they were in uh, –
0: 21 right 2021 was the year they made they they made all that noise yeah when Trey Trey Young went into the garden and, and beat them but yeah I, I'm with you I'm I think 100%. they're better They're better
1: than that team yeah I, I think they really are now I'm not I don't know that they'll go further than that or whatever like you never know but like I, I do think this is a better team it's got it's more talent even more chemistry I think Randall's actually better than he was that season And I think Thibodeau's A better coach so yeah all those every all these guys man deserve a ton of credit I saw a funny tweet today it was something like if if (laughs) because Nick's Nick's Twitter is a wild place I don't know how familiar y'all are with it but like it was saying like if Nick's Twitter ran the Knicks Julius Randle would have been traded Obi Toppin would be playing 40 minutes a game Cam Reddish would be the starting small forward like all these things that Nick's Twitter has wanted and Nick's Twitter's smart about basketball for the most part you know but it's just like when the team is losing it's like all right this is what they need to do and like Thibodeau has just kind of maintained the course and it's it's like it's paying off so he's 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 been adaptable but also he's stuck with you know the guys that he really values and uh and and man they're they're fucking legit so yeah yeah, man, I
0: I don't want to ruin the Knicks vibe here we can save this for probably the off season if anything happens. But I'm I'm curious if Tibbs is coaching that team next season. Oh I, come have, on. I don't I don't know, man. Nah, he he he. Yeah,
1: he, I, I would have again a couple months ago. I think
0: I was saying like, how New does New Doka's out there? Yeah, I don't know. I think they've just been too good. You don't think We're, the playoffs? You don't think the playoffs are going to have any bearing on that? Like, let's just say it's let's just say it it's could. Cleveland, New York, and let's say Cleveland wins. For conversation purposes, you know they they the Knicks win one game. Yeah, I don't know that that could change things, or if they you know if they
2: got
1: swept in the first round, like maybe. But I think isn't this, why, isn't
0: this why sports are the best? Like literally six months ago, people were calling for Thibs and Randall's head, and now like Julie literally, literally about, like six, oh the Knicks six six are going to get ago. a third star to pair with Randall and, and Brunson, and now you know Thibs looks like he's going to stay on. Dude, I lo- I love sports, dude. It's just it's crazy.
1: Yeah, I think he's I think his job is pretty safe, but it is fun and it is wild how quickly it can swing. Like I was definitely heavily critical of Tibbs and his rotation, and I was one of those like you gotta find the minutes for Obi and like maybe stick with Cam. Like I was kinda on that a lot of the stuff that Nick's Twitter was. And it's like I think there's some um some validity behind those opinions. It's not just like change for the sake of change, but like I mean I like I said before, I think Tibbs just needs the right Type of players. Josh Hart is one of those players, right? He wasn't there in the beginning of the season. Quentin Grimes is one of those players, right? He wasn't playing in the beginning of the season. Brunson is one of those type of guys. He's new this season. Mitchell Robinson is one of those type of guys. He's been out for a long time until recently. So, like, that's what it is, man. That's why he had so much success with those Bulls teams. Tibbs, if he can work with guys that buy into his um ethos. Then you know his teams are going to be tough, and the Knicks just haven't really had that right group of guys, I don't think, until now. And now this is like a a perfect Tibbs team, and it's not just like a bunch of like Taj Gibson, Joakim Noah's. Like these guys can really score too. You have two very high level uh, shot creators in, in Randall and Bronson, so it's like this nice blend, and and it's beautiful to watch. I hope they keep rolling. I'm I'm enjoying this, and I like seeing Knicks fans happy. I haven't seen enough of that. Yeah, man, there is
0: there is there is nothing like the the Madison Square Garden rock and and that game. I've seen a lot of Knicks basketball, and that game last night against Boston was just fun, dude. And like I said, I know that I know that Jalen wasn't playing, but that was an ass kicking by the Knicks from start to finish. Like they they yep. whooped on them pretty good, and you know whatever. But let's kind of transition into you know the rest of the Eastern playoffs. We kind of know the four locks. We don't know what the seating is going to be. Again, it's looking like. I mean, the Knicks right now are a half a game up on Brooklyn, but you know, kind of like you said, who is that real closer that Brooklyn has going into the, se- going into the rest of the uh. season? The Knicks clearly have one in Jalen Brunson. They're only two and a half games back of the four seed, and they're four, I want to say. Yeah, they're four games up on Atlanta for the A seed, so I know there's the plan, but it looks like they're going to be in that top six. Who knows with Brooklyn? Miami just won a big game last night against Philly. I think they're 1-2 and coming out of the break. Do you like any of those teams in there, Brett? I mean, do you think that – I mean, Chicago, if you're looking at the Bulls, they just signed Patrick Beverly. They're half a game behind Washington. I don't know if Indiana is going to have enough juice. Yeah. Is there anybody that you like out of there? I like Atlanta. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. You like that one Snyder? higher, eh? I love
1: the Quinn Snyder hire. Like, I think he's going to be great for Trey. I, you know, right now they're playing Washington. Uh, I was just just checking that score. As a matter of fact, um, this is irrelevant. I'll probably cut this out when I edit the pod, but they're up one on Washington. Don't cut it out. It, don't cut it out. No, it's, it's you know, it's something. We'll, we don't know. I mean, we'll give an update in a few minutes when the game's over. Maybe no, but, uh, but no, I like that. Like they're, they're above 500. Like I, I, I've been saying I think they're a better team than their record would suggest. Uh, and and I I kind of expect them to finish the season pretty strong. And I just think – I think Quinn Snyder is a fantastic coach. And I think he's going to get them playing the right way. I think he's going to sort of optimize um, the guys that they have. Like I've heard some very encouraging uh, quotes about him.
0: You know what's clear about that, the Quinn Snyder thing, is it's pretty very clear. I was on a podcast with Riley uh, last night. Shout out to Bounce Pass podcast. But- yeah. You know, we were talking about Quinn Snyder, and I can't remember the last time a head coach was hired this late into the season. I know we had Chris Finch going from Toronto to Minnesota. I think that was early on in the season, though. The George Carl, the Sacramento thing, I want to say was maybe that was around the All-Star break. I can't remember that one. But it's clear to me and probably clear to everybody else that Landry Fields, the general manager of the Atlanta Hawks and Quinn Snyder, they've been talking for a while. And it's pretty clear that Quinn Snyder has a vision for this team. He wanted this job. You know, we talked about were there going to be other potential openings that maybe were a better fit for Quinn Snyder or maybe something that Quinn Snyder liked. But it, it is crystal clear Quinn Snyder wanted this Atlanta job. He likes their roster. And I think this might be the best thing for Trey Young. You know, like they 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 gave up a lot for DeJounte Murray. Like they have to make this work. They have – and a lot of talent on that roster. And, you know, up until like, who knows how they finish the season, but I think you can't go two seasons in a row, especially after last season with the season that offensively that Trey Young had and just flame out in the playoffs. You know, you're like, you gotta, you gotta be better than that. And I think Quinn Snyder is up to the job and I'm, he got a five-year deal. So he's going to be there for a long time.
2: I've i uh, I've got a number for you guys here. This is from Corey jazz, who is the, uh, Portland Trailblazers broadcast team analytics guy. He's great. He's yeah. a Good addition to the team. Um, I hope more teams start bringing in analytics guys like that for the broadcast. It's pretty cool. But he put out a tweet today talking about the Quinn Snyder hire in relation to Atlanta. They are 30th in the NBA in three point attempt percentage and they're 29th in location effective field goal percentage under Quinn Snyder. They were first, third, and second in effective field goal percentage, location, and you know they're going to attempt a lot more threes. They're going to modernize that offense a lot underneath them, and I think that that's what they're looking for, and that's the kind of change they need with Trey Young with that offense. They just need to kind of get with the times. They've been super stagnant under Nate McMillan in the last couple of years, so
1: yeah, 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 for sure. Like those Quinn Snyder Jazz teams took and made a ton of three pointers. That was that was their offensive identity really above all else and and yeah Nate McMillan has is just he's like the most traditional like we know as Blazers fans Mikey like you know just he's just boring he's unimaginative he's boring he's traditional like he's like an old head type of coach and uh, whereas yeah Quinn Snyder is a lot more modern in his philosophy and and Atlanta has the pieces to make that work when you look at yeah not just Trey and you know DeJounte but like Bogdanovich, you know, can really shoot the ball. Sadiq Bey can shoot the ball. Uh, A.J. Griffin can obviously shoot the ball. So you do have some firepower in terms of shooting. John Collins can stretch it out a bit. Um, so that's going to be I, – I, and I saw that tweet from Corey Jez earlier today, and I thought – I actually retweeted it because it was like that's very important. When you look at the just the disparity between where Atlanta has been this season and where Utah has been under Quinn Snyder, and it's like if he can – bring them up to that like like you can't win in the nba being like you almost dead last in three pointers maybe some exceptions you, or
2: you're the Phoenix N, something like that like mid-range dominant Mid-ra- like- yeah
1: you're just the best mid-range team ever like but for the most part unless you know if you don't have like a star studded roster like you've gotta be able to to knock down the three ball so i i think it's gonna be good i think the vibes are gonna be good between him and trey um Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty high on the Hawks. Like I see them as that next team in the East to kind of get back to what we were talking about, where you have that top, you know, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Cleveland, Knicks. And then I think, you know, I think Atlanta would be my next team. I think I like them better than Miami. Kevin love acquisition, notwithstanding. I think I, I think Atlanta would be my sixth best team in the East. Like who gets that sixth spot above the plan between them and Miami remains to be seen. I think that could certainly go either way, but you know, I'd probably have my money on Atlanta. I, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm still not super high on Miami. Like I think Atlanta could really, uh, could really finish strong. So I like Atlanta. I can't rule out Miami, but I do think they'll probably be in the plan. And then I think Washington's a pretty good team. They'll be in the plan too. But like that, my, when you're talking about the top six New York and New York and Atlanta would be like the five and six. And again, Brooklyn, just because they already have had such a good record, you know, heading into the deadline, they're probably a playing team, but um, based on what I've seen and as high as I was on them, cause I was pretty excited about the new look nets, like maybe not a contender, but just like a really tough team. Now I'm not so sure that, that I'd be, one game they could be scary but in a series I wouldn't be too worried about them at this point I just don't think they have the firepower
0: like tonight is so cool I find it so fascinating that Quinn Snyder is coaching the team tonight like he's just he just made his debut tonight I know that they're as I'm talking right now they're down by one I just think it's I think it's super cool I think it's super dope and yeah man i it's clear that they have a vision on how the team's gonna look they're prepared for it and they're ready to rock and roll with it and we'll kind of you know we'll We'll
2: see what happens with it.
1: I went to check the stats. I want to see how many threes they had taken tonight. They're only at thirty three, but uh, they'll get it's up like there when you're,
2: it, uh, when you're scrolling Netflix and the movie just starts, you know <laughs> and, bro, and and Twitter has, or Facebook and what it what always just yeah.
1: starts <laughs> like that autoplay shit needs to go like if i well, play, right I'll now play. man
0: there's thirty one seconds left in that game and Trey Young just hit a three and it's 117-116 Washington right now. So, Quinn Snyder, he, he made his debut for a, uh, a good game. Very, very good game. But No poor you know, That's your boy, man. You've been high on him all season. Two more things before we end up getting out of here. I mean, we do have to talk about the LeBron James injury and the LaMelo ball. I mean, I, I watched that. I actually saw it live when he broke his ankle. That just did not look good, and it sucks. He's going to be out for the rest of the that's year. Weird. That's but, weird. But, I mean, I don't really want to go – Mikey's going to laugh at me. I don't really want to go too much into the Lakers just because I felt like all day Monday, every single podcast and every single TV NBA show was talking about the Lakers because they won three in a row. And I get that it's the Lakers. I get that it's LeBron James. It's a big deal. Reports say that he could be out anywhere from two to three weeks to maybe he comes back before the playoffs if the Lakers are even alive. For that, you know, we'll kind of see what happens with that. They are, as of this recording, they're losing 121 to 109. Actually, they just lost. Grizzlies beat them 121 to 109. I don't know if this team, I mean, with LeBron James, I thought they were scary. We all like their team. We like Malik Beasley, who's just going to rip it. I thought Jared Vanderbilt was one of the underrated trade acquisitions at the deadline. I love him. I don't know. I mean, honestly, Brett, I don't know. It sucks as, you know, LeBron James, whether you have him as one, two, or three, he's definitely the goat of his generation. And it's looking like, you know, he's going to miss the playoffs for the second straight year. And outside of the bubble, you know, his Lakers tenure, this has kind of been what it's been like, you know, like you get little, it's like a flow chart, right? Like, it's just like little hills. And, you know, the highs are, are pretty high and the lows are just like No, he's injured, he's missing this, and it's part of old age, man. I mean, father time, you hear everyone say it's undefeated. And it just, it sucks, dude. It sucks that we're not going to be able to see this dude in the playoffs. Sorry, I just got the alert 15 in a row. Ah, 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 ah. But yeah, man, I mean, it it sucks, dude. It really, really sucks because I want to see that dude playing at his best, and I want to see that dude in the playoffs. And except for one year in the bubble, we haven't been able to see that. And it sucks. Yeah,
1: it's, it's weird, man. Like, if they do miss the playoffs this year, it'll be you – know, he's been in L.A. for – this is his fifth season in L.A., so it would have been three times missing the playoffs, one time getting beaten the first round by Phoenix, and then the bubble title, obviously. And that's where it's like – we've talked about this before. Like, how do you define a successful tenure somewhere? Can you – does the one title buy you, like, that label of success despite all the other shortcomings? And, look, man, injuries happen. Like, that's been a lot of it. Now my question with Braun is like, what is the injury? Like we know it's his foot or his ankle or something, but like, have they even said what it is? Like, is it a plantar fascia? Is it yeah? That's a- that's,
0: that's what they that's what they think it is, but they don't know. Like they won't go into any more details about it. But that's like there's this there's this doctor uh, on Twitter. Like he's the um, like he does all the football stuff and things like that. And he said it, it looked like it was plantar fasciitis or something. Something along those lines. I'll I'll double that, check here when you're talking to confirm that. But I mean, he was in. I don't know if you guys saw it before he came on. He was in a big ass walking boot on the, on the bench tonight. And he said, yeah, he said on what was that Sunday when they played. I remember. I'm sure you guys have seen the clips on it. He, I think he said Anthony Davis or was it Darvin Ham? One of the like he said yeah. he heard a pop in in yep. his foot. So I mean, he finished the game out, but I, it did not. Uh, it did not look good.
1: Yeah, that um, I've been dealing with plantar fasciitis myself and it's it was like it was killing me for like two months and then it got better where it was like pain free and then like last week I was carrying my five-year-old out to the car like he had just woken up He, he was still asleep really and I was just carrying him and as I was walking I felt a pop in my foot and the plantar fasciitis pain came back so like that and it was a distinct pop something popped And it's not like unbearable. Like, you know, if I was in the NBA finals, I could probably play a game and it's like LeBron played through it. So it would, that would add up a little bit, but it's also just an injury that takes time. But yeah, I I just hadn't heard anything official in terms of what the injury was. I heard he'll be reevaluated in two weeks, but it's like, okay, so that probably means he's out a month and it's like, yeah, can this Lakers team survive without him? I'll tell you this, Troy Brown Jr. started tonight for them. So you know that probably tells you all you need to know about the hit that they're going to be taking with LeBron out. Because I was saying, like we were saying, man, like that team, like looked really good, right? Like with the deadline they had with Beasley and and D'Lo, who's also hurt but should be back soon. Healthy AD and LeBron Vanderbilt, like Lonnie and Reeves off the bench, like Rui. I mean, it was like, okay, this is this is a good team. This is a team that could make a push for the playoffs. And and probably not a team I'd want to see in a playoff series, to be honest. When you think about some of the experience and stuff, but take Braun out of the equation, and yeah, suddenly they're just, you know, not, not that scary of a team. So that goes without saying. I, I'm not nearly as high on them as I was. Like I like the Blazers better when you look at that group, you know, for instance, like I think the Blazers or the Wolves say like I probably feel better about them now than I do about the Lakers. But yeah, well, I have a feeling. Braun will be out, you know, probably closer to three or four weeks, but that's just pure speculation. And um, and um, at that point, like, you know, if they're out of the playoff race and, like, it, it would take a miracle to even make the play in, uh, I don't know, do they even bring him back and risk re-aggravating that in the last couple weeks of the regular season? Like, I think there's a, a decent chance that he's actually done for the season. Now, if the Lakers, if AD can carry them, I know they lost tonight, but if they can – Stay right there to where they're, you know, not far from the the eight seed. Say, then maybe you know, then maybe he comes back in three weeks. But if they if they lose the next five six games, then I don't know. They might just shut them down. It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. Well, um here, but yeah, it's a bummer, man. It's a bummer. It
0: is a bummer. But here's their next remaining schedule. So they play tomorrow already. They play at your team, OKC, tomorrow on second night of a back to back. Then they play. They have a little bit of a home stretch here. They play Minnesota, Golden State. Memphis, Toronto, and the New York Knicks.
1: Ah, wow, they're fucked. <laughs> they're fucked. Yeah,
0: dude. It's gonna it's gonna be Ruff. rough, man. And that by the time so that that leads them all the way to March twelfth. So that would be about two weeks, and then after that they go on the road to the Pelicans in Houston, and then I mean, the schedule kind of gets a little weird after that. But yeah, man, I, this is crucial in their defense, though. I mean. We'll see what Anthony Davis can do, but I mean, you know, the Pelicans keep losing. I know we're set to talk about Dame here in a minute, but I mean, can Portland hang on? I, who knows, man, it's going to be the West. Like, yeah. kind of, like the whole bottom half of the West is all jumbled up together.
1: But no, that's the thing. Like, it's not, it's not at on. not at all unrealistic to think they could make the play in even with LeBron hurt, because like, you know, Utah like is in the eight right now. They could easily fall off like they could go into tank mode uh i don't know i mean that that's that hasn't happened yet um they're a good team but like and then yeah the pelicans are it's just a disaster that's been a real bummer um if zion doesn't come back anytime soon i know he's due for a reevaluation he could still he could miss the rest of the season but it's zion i wouldn't rule that out so you know even so if those two teams fall out of the mix like the, the lakers and the blazers could get right in so like, it, it doesn't look like OKC's probably going to be making the play. And then below that, it's just the, you know, Spurs and Rockets. So, like, the the 10, say, is entirely realistic for the Lakers. But I'm just like, is that worth them risking re-injury to LeBron? Like Is that, is that something they're going to scrap and claw for, is that 10? I would respect them if they did. I think it would be cool to see them in the play, and I think they could win their play-in game no matter who they're playing if they're healthy. So that's probably, you know, that's probably the goal for them at this point is make sure LeBron is right. Let's not worry about anything other than getting into the play in because, you know, they're not they're not getting the six and um, they'll probably be like the nine or 10 best case scenario, which and then just go from there.
0: And I'm sorry to sound negative, but I'm so sick of the fucking Lakers talk. Like, I get it, dude. It's LeBron. It's the Lakers. But dude, it's like. You, yeah, I mean, me I don't know how many how many podcasts and, and what shows you watch, Brad, but I mean dude, it was yes. uh Zach Lowe sure. talked about it, Bill Simmons talked about it, uh Howard Beck, Chris every single podcast. ESPN was talking about it. Like I, I don't I might mean just, anything. I might just
1: cut that out. I might just cut that segment out of the pod, man. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I mean, they, people have had enough. I'm I'm with I'm, you though, man. I'm
0: when producer Mikey sent us the itinerary, because I, I was kind of talking to him on the side and I was like fucking Lakers talk again. Like, I mean, we have Boston yeah. putting up numbers. Jokic is on on deck to hit possibly a third MVP. The, I think the Bucks have the quietest 15-game winning streak in NBA history because nobody yeah. is talking. Like, there's so much better storylines than the fucking L.A. Lakers. You know, like, I'm sorry to go yeah. on this rant here, but it's like we treated a three – well, we didn't, but a three-game winning streak was treated as if they just won 25 in a row. Like, they're what are they, a 12th seed, a 13th seed? Like, come on, man. Like, I, we want to give our flowers to LeBron. I'll do that. 10 days out of 10, you know, I have no issue doing with that, but the entire team and looking at it, like it's, it's weak, man. But to go over to the LaMelo ball situation, like that sucks, dude, because they had just won five in a row. Your boy, Brett, I know that uh, you talked about him when we kind of did the trade deadline. I mean, Mark Williams is looking like a beast the last Mm. couple games. I mean, he's been phenomenal. They beat Detroit again last night, even with LaMelo ball getting hurt. Like it kind of seemed like, I mean, let's be honest, big picture wise this season, Charlotte wasn't going anywhere, but, dude, you win five in a row. You start getting something going. LaMelo Ball has been in and out of the lineup, and obviously he's going to be out for a while. And I guess if you're Charlotte, interesting offseason coming up. Who knows what's going to happen? Are, are they going to get a top three pick possibly? But it just sucks, man. See, injuries just suck in general. And the injury to LeBron and the injury to LaMelo, who's one of the young stars, in the league, it just sucks, dude. There's, there's nothing fun about it. You can't positive spin it. It just sucks.
1: Yeah. I I think, you know, it's pretty much a certainty now that they'll have one of the four worst records in the league. So there's, you know, a good chance they're going to get, you know, top three, four pick, but, uh, yeah, the, the LaMelo thing's a bummer, man. Who knows how, you know, how much he's going to miss next season. Um, that sucks. And yeah, like Mark Williams, I mean, he's been great. He's been averaging like 12, 10 and two blocks since he took over as starter. I think it's been seven games since they traded Plumlee essentially. And, uh, his chemistry with LaMelo was really starting to click. Like those two were, you'd see those flashes where it's like, oh my God, this is the guy LaMelo has needed. Um, and for that chemistry to be just stagnated, the development of it, where it's like, now it's Dennis Smith Jr. running the show, who's been really good in his own right and is probably going to open some more eyes the rest of this season for anybody who's actually watching the Hornets. But but yeah, just the 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 stagnation of the development of chemistry between lamello and mark williams is definitely a bummer you gotta assume lamello will be back you know healthy next season but it was such a weird injury man like I-, I was watching it too and it's like it it didn't look like anything i mean it looked like something like he got hurt and it was non-contact which is always cause for concern but you know he was still just kind of walking on it just kind of like ah, something doesn't feel right And and you know there was no like dramatic twist of the ankle or any of that like he didn't step on anyone's foot it was just like it looked like nothing, honestly, um, and so that was the worst news possible. Like I, I don't, I, I didn't see that coming. Um, but yeah, that sucks. But they, they suck. I mean, it's not going to have any bearing on like they're going to be a probably bottom four team anyway. Uh, they just got to hope that they get lucky, get Yama, get Lamelo back healthy next season, and they'll be sitting pretty. But uh, but that was certainly a bummer. It's it, like he, I think he ended up, you know, thirty five games this season, maybe. Uh, so this really it just sucked, a, loss, a loss season. Cause he was he wasn't even right like when he was playing earlier in the season, like he was having those ankle injuries, which probably the weakness, the instability from those multiple ankle sprains earlier in the season probably had something to do with the fracture. Um, so he was never really right, and he had just gotten right. Like seriously, it felt like the last couple of weeks, he was finally back to normal. Five in a row, was, man.
0: Five in a was, row.
1: They had won five in a row. He hit he was playing great. Like it was really like, okay, like if they, you know, if they get a top four pick, like LaMelo, Mark Williams, maybe move a couple of these veterans. Like they could be in a really good position. So I, I don't think too much has changed in that regard, but, it, but it's definitely a bummer. It was just a lost season for LaMelo.
0: It was, man. And like I said, injuries suck and who knows. We probably spent as much time talking about the Charlotte Hornets for all the wrong reasons as we have in the last year and a half. yeah But going to the man, dude, the man, the myth, the legend, Damian Lillard caps off the second 71 performance of the year. He played 39 minutes. He was 22 for 38, 13 of 22 from the three point line. He had six rebounds, six assists. I mean, he was phenomenal. And this is one of my favorite stats. I don't know if you guys follow this dude or know who this dude is on Twitter, but his uh, his at it's at usher nba. His name is Brett <laughs> Usher. Pretty cool dude. With his current average of 32.3 points per game, Damian Lillard 32 is on pace for the highest-scoring season in NBA history for a player 31 or older. Yep. He's, yeah. He's been phenomenal, man. I mean, he is that dude and more. And here's my favorite stat that you, that you tweeted out. Heading into this season, Damian Lillard's career-scoring average was 24.6 points per game. In 47 games played this season, he's increased it to 25.1 points per game, adding a full half-point to his career-scoring average at the age of 32. He's not yeah, doing, man. He's make, He's not dude. He's he's everything. He's everything.
1: As good as ever, maybe better. I mean, uh, well, yeah. When you factor in the way he's been finishing at the rim this season, I think it's fair to say he's he's better than ever. Um, yeah, man. Unbelievable. It's crazy. Two seventy-plus point games in the same season. I think I saw somewhere it's the first time since the early '60s that that has happened. Probably like Elgin Baylor and Wilt or something. Um and it's crazy because it's two little guys like spider Mitchell's six one Dame is listed at six two but he's probably six one tops um so to see two little guys like that get 70 plus in the same season it's just crazy and it's like it's not like I mean I know Dame did it against the Rockets but like I don't care who Nobody you're playing who like
0: did it 71 is 71
1: 71 is 71 and when you think about those threes you know some of those threes he was making it's like nobody's stopping that like you can't guard a guy out that far like it was incredible man it was incredible like to, to now he's got more 60 plus point games than michael jordan in the regular season like in his career and he's done it in way fewer games more 50 point games than all but maybe five players done it in way fewer games than the guys ahead of him like you know i all do respect to james worthy but like he should be called big game dame because he's prone to these big games like very few other players in NBA history where like big you game, know game I
2: love it love it I mean like we're going to make we're going to make that work I
1: mean to have that many 50 and 60 point games as a point guard like a true point guard a seven assist a game point guard like that's crazy I don't know man I, it's it's tempting to get into the like how many guards have actually been better than him this season you know, I think he's first-team All-NBA. I was going to say, dude,
0: I think he's making a strong push for it if he's not already there.
1: If I'm picking today, he for damn sure is. I'm not picking Ja Morant over him, all due respect. I'm not picking Shea Gildas alexander over him. I'm not picking Donovan Mitchell over him. I'm not picking Stephen Curry over him this year. There's no way. Like, it, it's it almost, to me, it's an easy choice. Like, I, I think it's got to be Dame. As the other, assuming, <sighs> and I don't think he's been that much less than Luca this season. I think you could argue he's been just as good as Luca.
0: Oh, you want to um, hear? You want to hear a little bit of a take from me? Yeah. If you if you could get rid of positions, like, wouldn't you do uh, Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, Tatum, Dame? That's what I would do.
1: If I had to choose between Dame and Luca, it would be tough. The Mavericks have a little bit better of a record, but I got to go not, Dame,
0: dude. I you. I, I'm, yeah. I'm going Dame. I'm yeah, I might ten too. times I out might of ten I'm going Dame. Is I might it my too. Birthday? <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, I could go <laughs> on it real quick because you know what my dream scenario is, but I'm not going to do that. You. Uh, I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it <laughs> like this for now. I got a fun
2: stat from the game the other night. Did you guys see this one from uh, Kurt Goldsberry? That Dame Lillard became the first player to make at least 400 feet worth of shots in a single game.
1: Yeah, that's great. And that,
2: that's fucking crazy. I mean, what did he he had forty
0: one in the first half, right? Mikey was going nuts in our group chat. He was like, dude, you guys gotta turn this game on. You guys gotta turn this game on. And we're just we're just watching. He's getting up there. He's getting up there. He's getting up there, dude. He's phenomenal. Brett, you would be in that group chat, but you don't like group chats. You've specifically told us you don't like group chats, so that's why you're not in that group chat.
1: No, no, it's cool. Yeah, I'm just bad at them, honestly. I'm just I'm bad at keeping up with wow. them, but I'm hyped to watch them against the Warriors tonight though. This yes. game will have already happened by the time anyone listens to this, but you know what's in play is 40 points Kick per game off, for the man. month of February. Um that's in play. If he hits he's right now he's got 360 points in 9 February games played, so that's exactly 40 points per game. If he hits 40 or more tonight, he will have officially averaged 40 for the month of February, and I will be sure to tweet that out the moment that it becomes official. Um that's something I've been tracking and which is just unbelievable but you look at his last i think his last 10 he's well over 40 um you know going back to uh, because he had that it was like we were mikey we were talking about dame being on a crazy heater before his real heater even started right Mm -hmm. uh like just because he was already like in say mid-january he was already rolling and then uh,
2: dame's last 10 games he's averaged 40.2 points (laughs) seven assists five and a half rebounds that's so stupid
0: That's
2: just so stupid. I mean, and bro, I'm saying if he keeps this level of play
1: up, the Blazers, Nurk, I don't know if he's playing tonight, but he was like a game time decision. He's close. Ant Simons is going to be coming back. I don't know. Maybe another week or something. I'm not sure. Justice Winslow, hopefully soon. But like you get those three guys back and add them into the mix with Dame playing at an MVP level. I, I think the Blazers are the best of that bunch. And maybe better than the Warriors. I'm not sure about that, but in, in terms of all the teams below the Warriors that that's so clumped together, I, I like I like them the best out of that bunch. Assuming they can get their guys back, because they've been 500 during Dames' like heater basically like at least, mm-hmm. and uh and they've been decimated by injuries. Like I don't know that people realize um, how important Justice Winslow was. Not to mention Anthony Simons and Nurkic, so. Get those guys back healthy. Dame keeps this up. This is a playoff team. Like, you, it's easy to forget, but they started the season, what, 10 and four? You know, like they were, yeah. they were like the feel good story of the NBA to start the season. And then they just kind of got snake bitten by injuries. Dame missed time. All these guys have missed time. But like, if you can get that team back, I don't see any reason why they can't finish the season along those same lines that they were on in the beginning of the season. So, um, you know, I'm still, I'm like, I'm not ruling this team out. And, and that has everything to do with Damian Lillard and the level he's playing at. I, I don't know that I've seen something really like it. It's crazy.
0: Dude, he's unbelievable, dude. And he is, outside of my team, he's my favorite player to watch in the NBA. I will drop everything if he's, if he's on the television. Like, he's, he's that dude, man. Dame time, dude. I, I fucking love that dude. I I'm Best leader a- in the
1: NBA. Best leader in the NBA. Coolest dude in the NBA. Probably the most well-respected player. By his peers,
0: I want to say something, but I'm not going to say it. I'll save it. I'll save it for sometime else. I'm not going to say it. But I, Dame
1: is he's one. He's one of one, bro. He really is. I I, I fucking love that dude. I really he's do. one of
0: one. I do too. He's my favorite player. He is. I, I love that dude. But hey, man, this is going to do it for us. I appreciate everyone listening. Thanks for Mikey and Brett for kind of putting up with me tonight. I, hopefully, I didn't sniffle too much. I know I muted myself pretty good on the coughing, and we were pretty good with it. But let's go watch. Uh, Portland and Golden State, man. I mean, it's gonna be a fun one. I don't know. I was supposed to go see Sunday I was at the Bucks game, the Phoenix uh Milwaukee game. Dude, that game playoff atmosphere right there, man. I was supposed mm. to go that game that was, was so fun, of, it, I don't know I don't know, know what I liked more, game.
1: man. Like cause that came that came on the heels of the insane Clippers, Kings, Kings, Double yeah. OT, 176 to 175. And then the next day or whatever was like, was that Bucks, Suns? And I'm like, I don't know which
0: I like better. They're both amazing well, games you, in their own right. But that did feel like the final Great weekend for basketball. Yeah, basketball oh, yeah. is back. Yeah. It's, it's it's so much mm-hmm. fun. Like we that was a phenomenal weekend. Probably the best weekend of basketball we've had all season, just in terms of how many close games they were. You had Dame Lillard, all everything going on. Dude, it was it was it was phenomenal, man. But I appreciate you guys. Hopefully everyone listens. For myself, Brett, and Mikey, we'll talk to you guys later. Peace.